Please listen carefully. And welcome to our podcast, The Deacon and His Daughter. My name is Ryan Sales, and with me I have... Aspen Sales. This is our second podcast in our series, and because we're so new at this, we do want to give you a brief disclaimer, and that's that we are missing one important element from our title, and what is that that we're missing? A deacon. We're missing a deacon. So when Aspen's mom, Anna, was mentioning to us this podcast, saying that we should do a podcast, we thought of a great name for it, but it was a little bit preemptive, as God willing, on June 29th, I'll be ordained to the permanent diaconate. Yay. Thank you, thank you. But until that time, we're just going to beg your forgiveness for using the title The Deacon and His Daughter until such time as we actually have a deacon on the podcast. So after our first podcast, which was a great learning experience for Aspen and I, Anne and I were thinking about what we should do for our second podcast, and we thought we would do rather than a formal catechetical session like Aspen did last time where she talked about the Beatitudes, We figured this time we would just do a little bit more informal, and I was thinking of something that's important in our life, and one of the things that is important to us is service to the church. In our family, all three of us, Aspen, Anna, and I are all active in the church, and Aspen herself has quite a busy ministry. So what we thought we would do is give Aspen an opportunity tonight just to tell us a little bit about what, as a nine-year-old girl, her ministry looks like. My service in the church is that I'm an altar server. What an altar server does is they help out at the Mass. Here are the things that they do. They carry either the candles or the cross up at the beginning and at the end of the Mass. They bring the chalices to the altar and they carry the candles beside the ambo ambo for during the gospel and they take the collection and they also have to wear a cincture a al- an alb and a cross and at our church they'll also ring the bell right oh yeah <laughs> And just help out whenever the adult server needs some help, right? Yep. So those are the things that an altar server does, especially at our church. And I'm sure that there's different churches that do things differently. But those are the things that they do at our particular church. Beyond what you do as an altar server, what does being an altar server mean to you? Sort of what I think is that it means sort of being a disciple of Christ. That's usually what I think when I'm an altar server. I think that I'm sort of like a disciple because usually Father the priest takes the role of Jesus at the Mass and and then the adult server and the altar servers, I feel like they're like the disciples. Okay. And so when they're the disciples... Is that just that they're following what Jesus wanted them to do and they're following his directions? Or is it that they're supposed to take what they do at the church and take it out of the church? I think it's the first one that you said because they're helping Jesus or the priest and they're following what he sort of does and they're helping him with what he needs. Okay. 
And so you take that disciple spirit that the being an altar server kind of gives you, and do you go out into the community and do you do anything out in the community that would be something that one of Jesus' disciples would do? Well, I do sometimes collect money for charity, and sometimes I also um, volunteer at the food bank. And I think maybe if the disciples were in our time, that would maybe be something they would do. Oh, yeah. that's We never think about that when we talk about the disciples. What the apostles would look like today if they were here today. They wouldn't probably just be sitting up on a mountaintop listening to Jesus. They would be doing other things. And maybe Peter wouldn't have been a fisherman. Maybe he would have been... A computer programmer. Maybe he would have been a computer programmer. Absolutely. So when you do your ministry, like for example, you said working in the food bank or collecting money, how do you think that, what do you think other people looking at you see when they, when they see you doing that? I think sometimes, I know there's a lot of other people who do these, but I think whenever people see something doing those, they feel like, they feel like they should do it themselves. I feel that way when I see people doing charities. I I get inspired by them. And so you don't have to necessarily be a big famous person to be inspired. It can be something as small as a nine-year-old girl who's working in the food bank, correct? Yes, I think so. Well, one of the things for us as a family that I know has been really important for us in supporting Aspen and her response to Christ's call for discipleship is just integrating our ministries together because I'm busy, your daddy's busy with all of his ministry for my diaconate formation and then just my regular church ministries. And so as a family, one of the things that we found that's worked very well for us is to integrate those things. So for example, when I go on my deacon formation weekends, where do you go sometimes? usually go to visit you or I go to school or me and mommy go help volunteer at some places sometimes like thrift stores or we go like go to other people's houses to like help them out and just be there and help them and talk to them and Sometimes it's not even people who need it. We just go there and we like to. Exactly. So sometimes we'll we'll split up and we'll go and do separate ministries when we're doing ministry time so that when daddy is off doing his schoolwork, you're doing something connected to what I'm doing. And then other times we do it together. A perfect example was Anne and I were co-facilitating a confirmation prep course. And it was for young adults and adults who had missed the sacrament of confirmation for whatever reason and needed to have that sacrament. And so what we did, rather than getting a babysitter for Aspen, was we brought her along to the formation with us. And we we came uh, to the formation prepared. You had your iPad and you had coloring, etc. But what was really beautiful was every once in a while we would be having some theological discussion with the confirmandize. And Aspen would, out of the blue, 
would have some deep theological insight. And before long, you were actually pretty much involved in the formation, helping uh, those that were seeking confirmation with their with their catechesis, which was really beautiful. So that's one example of how we've been able to integrate our ministries so that we have time together. Correct? Yes. Absolutely. So one of the other things that I know that you've just, I believe, this year started to be involved in is the um, youth group in the school, correct? Yes. So can you tell me a little bit about what the youth group does in the school? Well, our youth ministry is... Well, last year, the youth ministry teacher, who she just, she runs it, she brought the children in youth ministry around the neighborhood by our school and giving them, like, goodie bags with things they needed. And, well, this year, youth ministry runs um, dance fundraisers where it's 25 cents to, I mean, $1 to go to the dance and 25 cents to get a baked good and we usually take that money to any like any like maybe like habitat for humanity or the food bank and we also usually run plays maybe or a bunch of things to help the community wonderful so overall, you are active in the school, and then you're active with your mommy and daddy, and you're active in the church. And so you're kind of integrating. We talk about that in Catholic education a lot. We talk about integrating the school, the parish, and the home together. And so one of the ways that we've done to create that link, not just through catechesis, but also through service and by mentoring and nurturing that in you, correct? Yes. Okay. So overall, with all of this service that you do, how does that make you feel? I feel happy. I feel like I'm serving Jesus if he was right, like if he was right there in front of me. And I just feel like I'm really a really like I'm actually a disciple of Christ and I'm like back in time or something or it's come to this time and I just really feel like I need to be doing it. Wonderful. Well, every day you make uh, your mommy and I so proud of you and your service. And so hopefully if we have a listener of this podcast, who knows whether or not anybody will ever listen to this. But if you do listen to this podcast, I hope that Aspen's service at the whopping uh, ripe old age of nine years old will, uh, will inspire you to go out and possibly take on some new service to the church. And so we finished off last time. Again, this is only our second podcast, and so we're still kind of trying to figure out how we're going to do this, right? Yes. But I kind of liked last time when you finished us off with a Hail Mary. So would you start us off or end us with a Hail Mary again this time? Okay. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. And so everybody who's listening, or if anybody is listening, please definitely pray for our family, pray for Aspen and her continued service 
in the church and pray for my ministry as I prepare for ordination to the permanent diaconate. Um, definitely, we appreciate all of those prayers. If you have any feedback for us, we definitely appreciate hearing from you. So if you have any suggestions, any comments or queries, whether through SoundCloud or on iTunes, when we eventually get this up on iTunes, we'd love to hear from you. 